0: Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brain, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com. as... My co-host Jasmine slowly leaves the studio. She was here for like all of a minute and she already had enough of this. <sighs> she does not have the stamina I have. This is the second of three episodes that we are doing today to make up for a weekend that was, that was rough and busy and just, you know, mentally wasn't great. But I am feeling better today. And... Yeah, I'm just trying to power through it for y'all. So this is going to be the recap edition that would have been on Monday's episode, episode 249. So we are going to talk about the road trip that did not go great for the Blue Jays. They went 1-5 in on that West Coast swing through Los Angeles and Seattle. We're going to focus more on the Seattle portion since we did talk about Los Angeles a lot last week. So that is going to be the theme of today's episode. Going to be talking about Clay Buckles, which we have not done for a while. If it wasn't for Tammy Rainey's tweet last week, I don't think we would have talked about him, period. But he obviously did a lot with his start in Seattle. So we will discuss that in the second half. But I did want to focus, first of all, on. Uh, some of the other names for the Blue Jays that, you know, did not have the performances that, obviously, they or their fans want to see. Uh, one such person was not Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette continues to do Bo Bichette things, and he did them well against Seattle. Uh, it, it It's crazy. How just how good he has been. He went eight for 12 in Washington during that series with a home run. And what can you say about that? That's that's an insane batting average, even against a team like the Mariners. Just for Bo to be able to continue doing that, he. A lot of people are starting to think that he's past Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the pecking order, and who's going to be the superstar and who isn't. And while I'm not willing to do that yet, I I want to see full seasons out of both of them before I start making that call. But how, how can you argue with this? How can you argue with the sheer offense that Bo Bichette has brought to this team? Because if you if you look at the the Saturday and Sunday games, without Bo Bichette in the lineup, the Blue Jays had a combined seven hits. Bo almost matched the entire team for hits during those two games, which is a bit of an indictment of the offense. Like you can't get more hits than that off of the Mariners' pitching staff. <laughs> like that that Saturday game, they they kind of got lucky that the Bullpen behind Felix Hernandez just exploded and could could not stop walking people. And then of course the Blue Jays just able to take advantage, especially in that seventh inning after they were down 5-2 with the with the comeback there. But again, just that lack of consistent hitting for the Blue Jays again. It, it comes back to something we've seen more with this team that it is not built, I think, the way that the front office and Charlie Montoya want it to be in that it's become reliant on the home run again, which was the problem with those playoff teams, that if they weren't hitting home runs, they weren't able to generate enough offense to back up their pitching staff. And, you know, not to say the pitching staff wasn't culpable in these losses, except for maybe the guy we're going to talk about in the second half. But, I mean, Sam Cavilio, Any anytime Sam Gavilio is only lasting two-thirds of an inning, that's not great. That's not what you pay Sam Gavilio for. But he was just not up to the task facing his former team. Obviously took that loss on the chin in Friday's game. Coming in for Trent Thornton, which, again, only four innings out of Trent Thornton, he gave up nine hits. The, the inconsistency is maddening with Trent Thornton, and honestly, it's probably why he might be better off starting 2020 in AAA, just so he can, you know, work on finding that form and, and bringing that form out on the regular as opposed to just having, like, certain good games against, you know, the Yankees. Or Baltimore, because you don't need to be good against Baltimore. Baltimore does it to themselves, so that that was frustrating. Uh, but you know, the the bullpen looked all right. Buddy Bo has had a heck of a road trip, which good for him. I don't think he allowed a run on the West Coast, so that that's a plus. It it means he's probably more likely to stick around. Um, he he obviously avoided this round of DFAs. Nick Kingham was the choice again to be a DFA, which given he was on the ten day DL, honestly not surprising. I don't think he will be claimed, so he will probably go back to Buffalo and help with that playoff push. Um Jordan Romano came back. Finally, he pitched a clean inning and looked every bit the part of that closer that I think Blue Jays fans want to see because I still don't know how comfortable people are with Derek Law. And and Derek Law had that five out save in the, in the lone win. But again, I'm not sure how much trust people have in, in Law consistently closing games for them. Obviously, he's the choice by default now. If Ken Giles isn't available. They go to Derek Law. And okay. As long as the curveball is still working, I mean, I guess that's fine. So I I just you you want to see more from Romano in that instance. And Romano didn't do well in his second inning. He walked those two batters. But in that lone shutdown inning role, he seems to be a fit for it. So Hopefully, the Blue Jays start giving him more chances in those late-inning leverage positions, not not asking him to do too much, just letting him get comfortable in that role. And you can potentially start moving him forward as that closer candidate. Jason Adam may be working himself in there as well. He he got away with a run in that Sunday game. He should have been charged with I If the pitcher makes the error... Charge him with the run. Don't don't take it off as ERA. That's that's a reward for throwing the ball away. So I I guess he's in there, but it looks like his Jordan Romano's the loser. If they trade Ken Giles in the offseason, Romano would likely enter 2020 as the presumptive closer. So we're gonna talk about someone else who may be in the 2020 plans. Not sure. There are people who may want to see him there, but we will talk about him right after this break. But just a reminder that this episode of Locked On Blue Jays is brought to you by BlueChew.com. It's the number one chewable pill for those who need that extra boost of performance in the bedroom. It's a FDA-approved... Uh, chewable with the same active ingredients as viagra or cialis so you know it's going to work for you you can take it anytime day or night even if you just ate 19 big macs which that's that you should go to the hospital but hey if that turns someone on you're ready and since they're chewable they work twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises um it's prescribed online ships straight to your door in a discreet package so don't have to go to the doctor, don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy, there's no awkwardness, you don't get the side-eye from the McDonald's clerks who, you know, sold you those 19 Big Macs and knew it was a bad idea, but you did it. So, they're made in the USA, and since Bluetooth prepares and ships directly to your door, it's actually cheaper than a pharmacy, and... Right now, if you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first shipment for free when you use a special promo code MLB. You just got to pay the $5 in shipping if you're in America. So, again, that's BlueChew.com. That's blue is in Blue Jays. Promo code MLB. Try it for free. It's a better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You are locked on, Blue Jays your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So, Clay Buckles. Clay Buckles. Now, that's a name I've heard very infrequently considering he signed an incentive-laden deal with the Blue Jays in the offseason to be that veteran starter. Obviously. The lengthy stay on the disabled list uh, with his shoulder strain kept him well away from action. But he went out like this was supposed to be that Trent Thornton short start for Clay Buckles. He was on a strict pitch count coming back from the injury. Um, He maxed out at 67 pitches when rehabbing in Dunedin. So, for Buckles to go out there and somehow deliver a quality start under those restrictions is pretty impressive. He needed just 65 pitches to get through six innings of work against Seattle, and he was a hard luck loser in that game, but he did not deserve it. The way he pitched, he only gave up three hits, did not walk a batter, three strikeouts. He was pitching the contact and doing it very well. It's how he's found success later in life once the fastball that he relied on in Boston started fading on him. That's how he retooled himself. That's how he was so successful last year with Arizona. And seeing something like that is something that a lot of these Bougie's pitchers could learn from. Seeing a guy who's super efficient, able to go out there, and even in less than tenable circumstances deliver a performance that would help the team to a win, you know, if they could have done anything against Marco Gonzalez. Which I mean, he's he's alright, but he's he's not a world beater. Shouldn't it just been three non bow hits against him. Or against the Mariners in general. But anyway What Buckles did there was remind Blue Jays fans of what a starter can actually do for a team. And that's take a lot of pressure off a bullpen that had been worked heavily. Like, Ken Giles is going to get in there because he didn't pitch in the safe situation on Saturday. But it made a lot easier to plan it. It saved a lot of arms, especially with the off day today. You you got to rest Romano, you got to rest Boshiers and Law, and just have everyone fresh for a game that's going to be running high with emotion with Josh Donaldson coming back, and we'll we'll talk about that in the third episode today. But Buckles going out there and doing that just just offered some bit of security out of the starters that I don't think Blue Jays fans have been able to enjoy because you you go into a game. And you don't know if you're going to get seven shutout innings out of Jacob Waggisback, or you're going to get an an inning and two-thirds out of Sean Reed Foley, or four innings out of Trent Thornton, or six innings out of Trent Thornton. It's made it very difficult to actually plan what your pitching staff is going to do on a regular basis, because you don't know what you're going to get out of your bulk starter. Like, other than Clay Buckles, the most reliable arms have been Jacob Wagespak and probably Brock Stewart, because you know you're getting five innings out of Brock Stewart. So, that's great for him. But it's not great for, again, planning how you're going to use your bullpen, how you're going to keep arms fresh. Granted, it's probably not going to matter in a few days once the rosters expand and they just end up calling up everyone who's not in the playoffs. So, it's just nice to have that little bit of cushion heading into that time period when you can start experimenting more. Clay Buckles gave the Blue Jays that. And I've seen people say, like, maybe this means Buckles can get a contract for next year. I mean, he's familiar with the organization, so that's probably better than again going out and and signing uh, a free agent who would have to relearn everything. And unless it's Garrett Cole, isn't going to help you progress as quickly as you want. So having a guy like Buckles back isn't a bad idea, but again, he's got to be healthy. He's no value to this team when he's on the shelf for four months. So I I am a little wary of giving him a, a big contract. He's got to be able to be healthy, and he's got to be able to earn it. And if he can do that six-inning trick like he did against Seattle, that's great. He will have earned it. It's just going to be a matter of if it's actually worthwhile for the Blue Jays to have that when, again, their, their track record with these veteran p- pitchers they brought in uh, is not great. What with the whole Clayton Richard on the DL sort of thing? So, anyway, that is where we will bring this episode to a close. Uh, just a reminder if you're not following me on Twitter, do so at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are in there because Twitter is dumb. Follow the podcast at Locked on J's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe on Himalaya, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, make sure you don't miss an episode, because sometimes we do days like this. Anyway, we will be coming back at you with a preview of the Atlantis series and what the emotions will mean. Again, we touched on it briefly, Josh Donaldson, Mike Soroka, Alex a lot of connections there. We'll talk about them later today. And possibly look, look ahead at who may be coming up. We'll see. We'll see. I might save that for later in the week. Anyway, for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.